that's me. I'm just an ordinary guy. <clears throat> My name is Jeff Piner. I'm founder of Matthew 25 Ministries International, uh, serving the poor and orphans in Wattis. And uh, I've been working right through the pandemic and um, hasn't made a difference. So I just wanted to give you a little introduction to me and, and my little ministry and and I'm going to be doing a little podcast to tell some of the stories of Juarez. And, and I was just going to tell you today how I really got started. And in uh, July of 1997, I went down to build a house for family. And it was about 104. And it was really hot. And uh, I didn't have enough water. And when we were insulating the house, got the walls up, insulating inside. I don't know, 130 degrees in there, unbelievable. But um, God showed me the need and he showed me the people and I kind of opened my heart to them and he's like, these are your people and I want you to help with this need and, and this is where I want you to focus your work, Jeff. And uh, I've been doing that ever since. And so that was 1997. And um, I started, I lived in Juarez from 2005 to 2009 in this little mission center with uh, missions ministries and, and hosted teams and, and went out and we built houses and clinics and schools and, and whatnot. Did that for four years and, and um, the violence got really bad. Juarez has been one of the deadliest cities on earth, pretty much top 10 past 100 years. But it was really bad in 2008. And, and uh, I went down with Cherry Hills Community Church in Denver, mission director, I talking to him and he's like, Jeff, you need to get out now. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. And he's like, well, we don't think it's safe for you to be there and I'm telling you to get out and I'm like well I'm not listening and uh, I haven't always been a great missionary that was a good example of it my boss says get out and I'm like no I'll decide when to go I'll decide if it's too risky and I don't need you to tell me those things and so I, um, about the end of 2008, I left that job and started my own ministry and I've uh, been doing that ever since. And now with the pandemic, it's a little more challenging. Uh, I think about March last year, the border closed and I was a little unsure how Mexico would see me, how the United States would see me. Uh, there's an electronic trail of me coming through both on Mexico and the United States side. They record your license plate and and they know how many times you come and go. And and so I had a history there. And so I waited till after the border had been closed about a week. And then I went and parked outside the U.S. border and I walked in and, and I kind of introduced myself and showed them my ID and I have a little century pass. And... And that means that they do a background check on you about every six months and see if you've been arrested or anything. 
and they deem you to be kind of a low risk kind of a guy. And um, allegedly, they're only supposed to tie you up like 10 seconds when you get up to the window to get back in the United States at U.S. Customs. And that doesn't always work out, but overall, it's been a good thing. And they looked up my history and I told them what I was doing and they're like, uh, gee, if you're not afraid, go ahead, but we can't help you if there's a problem. And I knew that. And so uh, the first trip I went in after the border was closed, I didn't take a whole lot with me into Mexico. And I just kind of drove through and I turn up the radio like I'm listening to the radio and I'm unaware of Mexican customs. and. I was dreaming about a green light and I got a green light and I drove in and and then I was really cautious. I have letters from uh, the orphanages that I help and churches saying that they couldn't survive without this little ministry that we have and and um, I thought I could show that to them and I've showed it to Iguana, that's Mexican Customs a couple of times and the police and the federales so far have not stopped me and said, what are you doing? You stupid gringo, get out of here. And um, that's since the pandemic, they've stopped me before. And um, so I just keep going. And there's just to give you an idea how COVID's raging in Mexico. Uh, Mexico passed India for third most, most deaths in the world behind um, Brazil and the United States. They do no testing of any kind. And um, if you're really sick, maybe you can go to the hospital and they recommend that you just go home and either die or get better. And when you think you're better, then you are better and they think you're recovered and they report you as recovered if they ever knew you were sick. So a couple of orphanages that I work with closed during COVID and um, I've lost some good friends already in Mexico uh, due to COVID. And um, it seems to be all around. And they were red light for a while, which meant almost all businesses were closed. And um, they didn't want you traveling around. And, and stores, most stores were closed. They closed the Walmarts and the big box stores and all of that. And... Um, on the weekends and a lot of people lost jobs and things are tough over there. There's no stimulus checks. There's no food banks. There's very few people are going over now unless they have relatives just about or business. And uh, I know a lot of missionaries that their position is, well, when the pandemic's over, I'm going to get started back doing this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do everything. And a uh, little tip from me, I don't think the pandemic is ever going to be over. I think there's always going to be other variants popping up that maybe the vaccine helps, maybe the vaccine doesn't help. But basically, I'm 68 years old, haven't got the vaccine. I'm careful. I do more than what they tell me to do on the news and more than Dr. Fauci says to do. And uh, it's worked for me almost a year now. And uh, I feel pretty confident that uh, the COVID won't get me. And I do have 
personal contact with children, people, and WADAs, and hug them, kiss them through my mask. I upgraded to a KN95 mask in uh, November, and uh, as a COVID kept on raging and getting worse and worse and worse. And so I'm pretty careful. And I have a little hand cream that has a antiviral property to it that I think protects me a little bit. And um, Wednesday is my longest day in Juarez. I go three times a week. Wednesday is my longest day. And um, I see the most people on that day. And I have personal contact with the most people on that day. And I sanitize my hands. And, and when I get home, I throw my mask away outside. I don't bring it into the house. I throw all my clothes into the washer, start the wash, take a shower, wash all the COVID things off of me. And um, that's been working for me pretty good. And so people are surprised I'm going to Juarez. They're like, uh, gee, Jeff, did you get a vaccination? Uh, no. Well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you still need food, don't you? And I'm actually taking more food than I ever took before, larger volumes from the United States. And um, for a while, it got really tough with Mexican customs because as the volume of traffic went down, then the income for the customs agents went down through bribes and the taxes for the Mexican government. And it used to be pre-pandemic, I'd pay about $100 a month, sometimes over, sometimes under for taxes and bribes going in. And then when the border first closed, it started being 150 to 250 a month, 300. And my peak month was August last year. And I paid like $383 in tax and bribes just for the opportunity to drive in with food to help people that were literally starving to death. And so as the pandemic got worse and worse, they started to realize, gee, uh, maybe we need this guy. Maybe he's helping. Maybe he's doing some good. And um, I don't do it alone. I have a little band of uh, friends and supporters and a, a church out in California that that loves me and and I have some people that pray for me and people that pray for me in Juarez and people that pray for me out here in the United States and and uh, I feel pretty good about that I listen to K-Love radio and in my mind when the two disc jockeys are talking and stuff in between songs I follow that scripture where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And so I feel like even though I'm the only one in the cab, that there's two or three of us and there I am also, Jesus is there too. And so I've been faithful to that. I go minimum of three times a week. Week of December 24, week of Christmas, I went four times. And um, still a little nervous. Violence is higher than it's ever been. One of the, the things about COVID was the drug cartels in Mexico 
they bought all their base supplies to make drugs from China. And when everything locked down, their supply chain was disrupted and they ran out of drugs. And violence probably went to the highest level it has ever been in Juarez last year, on top of COVID, on top of people starving to death. Here these drug cartels were just terrorizing every person that they thought might have a peso. And so it's been a little tough, it's been a little scary, it's been a little challenging, but it's been an incredible blessing and, and it's great work. I love it and I've been doing it for quite a while and don't see the end of it. And um, that's just a little bit about me and a little bit about my ministry. I'll be doing podcasts every couple of weeks. I'll try and keep them to about 10, 11 minutes so it won't bore you to death. And so I'm going to sign off for now. And thank you for listening. And subscribe if you want to know when I put up my next podcast. Have a great day, great evening, whatever it is for you. And God bless.